This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. You are listening to Art Not Science, presented by the Physics Room Contemporary Art Space, a monthly podcast of artist talks, panel discussions, and other events. Tēnā tātou katoa e hōmā. Nau mai hoki mai ki tēnei kaupapa kōrero o the Physics Room. Nau mai, whakarongo mai, whakatou mai. My name is Abby Kinane and I'm the director of the Physics Room, a contemporary art space dedicated to developing and promoting contemporary art and critical discourse in Aotearoa. Based in central Ōtautahi since 1996, we assist artists with resources and opportunities to enable creative and professional development and work to support the acknowledgement and understanding of contemporary art among New Zealanders. Our goal is to actively seek links between the arts and other areas of cultural production and to involve art as a contributing voice in wider intellectual, social, and political debate. No mai hoki mai. Welcome to episode 32 of Art Not Science. In this episode, we're sharing the artist talk from our exhibition For the Feral Splendor with artists Owen Connors, Laura Duffy, and Alia Winter. For the Feral Splendor is an exhibition of paintings, sculpture, and textiles that engage with ideas about that which is natural, unnatural, supernatural, and the transformative potential of queer narratives that connect these things. The project is informed by thinking about mysticism, healing, and stories which are at once fear-inducing and liberating. Owen Connor's paintings are made with egg tempera on board, built up slowly, layer by layer. One work depicts a tall tale from Connor's childhood, where his dad recounted balancing on a felled log and having to leap over a swung axe in a feat of bravado. In the accompanying work, a scarred ankle and foot is haloed by a sun flare, perhaps as a transcendent incarnation of the earlier story. In Alia Winter's work, manipulated photographs of the artist's face and hands, styling wings and icons are digitally printed on polyester satin. Hung from the ceiling and forming a threshold to the exhibition space, the work has the weight of classical garments. Think of Gabriel's robe in Renaissance paintings of the Annunciation, the ecstatic garments of St. Teresa, erotic transfiguration pictures, and angelic internet memes. Laura Duffy's sculptures are bodies of metal, steel, resin, wire, strip lighting, that stoop and crouch as if in rapid motion, or like the slower movements of aging or transmutation. Some hold translucent resin plates of plant matter, including gorse, thyme, dandelion, and gay flower, along with raspberry and dirt and spit. Duffy's installation is not contained within a single site. Rather, elements of the work made from found pieces of acrylic and wire are spread throughout the gallery like an unruly plastic meadow, suggesting a relationship to the messy and organic world beyond the gallery. Now let's hear from Owen, Laura, and Alia themselves. Kia ora mai tato. Oh, kia ora no. I'm really, really happy to have been working with these guys over the last... I was actually thinking, I've been here for one year now, and I called Owen like a couple of weeks after arising, arriving here in Ōtautahi. So it's been quite a long project in Genesis in a way, 
But something really special about that is that Laura Duffy and Alia Winter have also come into the collaboration and um, it's been rad. Just to start off with, I wondered if each of you guys would be happy to just introduce yourself, where you're from, anything you'd like to add to that would be amazing. Kia ora everyone, I'm Alia, I live in Tamaki and I'm an artist. I also work at Artspace Aotearoa, which is a gallery up there. Yeah, quick little intro. Very brief. Uh, kia ora, I'm Owen. I also live in Tamaki, but I was born in Greymouth and spent some time in Nelson. I am also an artist and a writer. Oh yeah, that's that. And I, yeah, I just work at a bar. What is that? It's like very important work. <laughs> Kia ora, I'm Laura. I'm also an artist. Yeah, usually work in video, but this for the show I've done sculpture, which is cool. Yeah. I work at Circuit Video Art Organization in Pūnike, and I'm from Tairawhiti in Gisborne. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Would you each be happy to, I guess I feel like sometimes as a curator anyway, there's like a few ideas and I just keep returning to them and I keep returning to them and I'm like, language, it's so fascinating and it's like it feels almost fresh every time to me. Are there like key ideas and concerns that you've even noticed in your practice that just keep popping up? Like what's the guts? Mm. I feel like for me something that I work with a lot is like historical material in whatever form that is so it's usually like responding to a particular history or set of histories or like an idea that pops up and which is very much the same with this work yeah so that's a that's the biggest one is it like when you say particular history like what is what is that specifically like what usually it's like a queer history or like a marginalized history Mm -hmm. in some way yeah and do you find that sort of leading on into like the next project, the next project? I feel like history is this kind of very nonlinear thing, right? That yeah, they don't yeah. really lead on, but I feel like I spread tendrils very wide mm-hmm. and then sort of like bring things back and decide that I could like follow that mm-hmm. that thread. So yeah. if you're thinking about this work, these works in particular, this is mm-hmm. Alia's works, the banners with the hanging mechanism made by Laura. Were there specific histories in this that you were just like, yeah, well, some of them were kind of more personal than others, just like as a child, I guess, and like part of the origin of this show was we talked a lot about like this idea of like magic and like childhood and our relationships to that. And mm. I was always really interested in alchemy and this idea of magic as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking about this one specific engraving that I was really obsessed with as a child called the Alchemist's Laboratory. And I kind of like picked parts of it and put it in this work, um, particularly the text, really. Can you just say what the Alchemist Laboratory is? The Alchemist Laboratory is like an engraving from maybe like 1500s by this esoteric alchemist, hermeticist, whose name was Heinrich Kuhnrath. The image is full of like little words and it's like, kind of is like giving life lessons or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this very like abstract alchemy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a research documentary as well that you could go back to and he's like, that's notations or something like this? Yeah, totally. There's just so much in it. It's like a, extremely detailed and there's like all these little 
hidden bits of writing and little kind of metaphorical drawings and stuff like that. And then the full version actually has like a whole text written circular around the outside of the image, all in Latin, so I can't really like read it that well. Yeah. Google Translate, Google it's real. <laughs> in, in that reference in particular, in the Alchemist Laboratory, is there a like connection to, to Remedy there? Yeah, well, I guess it's sort of like the origin of like modern medicine in a way. And like the idea of science kind of came out of alchemy. It's like a very early version of it, which I find super interesting because it's also very like ethereal and very connected to the spiritual in lots of ways. Sort of like prior to that binary of like rational and non being like a clear split or something. Yeah, totally. Which I find like a really interesting space to think about people utilizing yeah is that like an ambition you have for your work as well to um i don't know if that's the right word but like you know there's like a rose quartz crystal in there are you interested in the properties of that like for a viewer like that they would have some sense of that as a remedy or as a healing the property of healing i think with the rose quartz it's just something that i grew up around like my auntie's like a witch and my mum is like also very into that you know, grow up in that generation of like the 70s where those kinds of hippie-ish kind of ideas are very prominent. Mm-hmm. So it's like more of a reference to that than it is necessarily to like the healing property, maybe. But I want, I would definitely want to like imbue an idea of that. Something's emanating or yeah, something can happen. So I just bring that on you. I was just like, oh, yeah. Is yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> How does that work with the viewer? But I guess like we know as much as you would about that experience. Um, Owen, what are the key things that you're like returning to and returning to? Like, I have ideas, but I would love to. <laughs> I don't know. I always have jumped around yeah. a lot, um, <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, but I guess like maybe in the same way that like history works for Alia, I'm kind of interested in narrative and storytelling and how like kind of crafted objects in the form of like writing or talking or like art play a role in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do you want to talk specifically about this work like these are crafted objects they also like they come out of narrative and they maybe introduce even like like a cumulative narrative like you almost adding back into that narrative kind of yeah. um, current they are um, uh, I was interested in like playing with what I call like lies with bunny ears around them that my like family told me as a kid which is meant to be like really dramatic and campy, but it's just like tall tales, I guess. And this one is like a tall tale my dad and my uncle would tell us, where they used to like stand on a log on a beach and like throw axes along the log at each other and you had to jump it. And my uncle had like a little scar and he used to say that his uh, ankle got chopped off and they had to sew it back on. But it's like, oh, the whole thing's a lie. So I was like, oh, that's kind of like cool to play with maybe from like a queer vantage point but also maybe from like a Pakiha perspective as well and kind of like colonial histories and stuff like that mm. and in yeah. the other image these like multiple versions of you right yeah kind of perverting it I figured I'd probably be the person that looks the most like my family yeah <laughs> so I was a good model I was kind of interested in how they all seem on almost like a different buzz like the one in the fort with the axe looks like thriving on danger or thriving on and then the other ones have different you know they're like having these fully different experiences 
Yeah, I cut my hair halfway through um, the source <laughs> imagery, which is a bit of a mistake. Uh, so I was like blonde at the beginning, yeah, uh, and then wasn't at the end. But yeah, I think maybe I like have an interest in when like painting and like faces and like uh-huh. facial expression. I don't know. Yeah, still figuring it out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and in a way, like seeing it there, you sort of. I guess I saw this work heaps in process and then it's almost like I always find this when you unpack it and when it's like in the room it's this fully different work and I always wondered like is that the case for artists as well that it becomes something different especially when it's in the room with other works you are listening to art not science presented by the physics room contemporary art space what about you Laura what's the things that you keep going back to when I read your bio, it's like, it has this great line of like states of queer bliss or something found through error, failure, disgust. I've like clearly read this too much. That always really intrigues me. And I'm always like, what is this idea of like bliss found in disgust or like a kind of a perversion of the expected train of emotions, something like this? Yeah. You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> you, na- you nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> and back to Alia. <laughs> I don't know I think like disgust is an interesting emotion to play with and there's like honesty in that um, in a fun way yeah and I like the kind of making something that's ugly or wrong or made wrong or whatever I think it's kind of fun yeah Mm. I feel that like when it's in the room it's like it's kind of good and it's like very brings a lot of energy with that kind of crookedness yeah didn't want to not talk about ca conrad the ca conrad book there i guess for me it was a cool learning experience working with you guys like you have real real research practices you're all like readers and writers and drawing in a lot of like different historical and cultural threads at all times that's real busy for me i was like always looking stuff up i already knew oh probably only from owen but I already knew this poet from whose poem the title of the show comes, For the Feral Splendor That Remains, is the full line. Um, do you want to talk about C.A. Conrad? I guess we all came to C.A. separately. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember. I wonder if it was you that brought them. Maybe I was I really I obsessed with them. I guess they are an example of like an older queer for me who never like who didn't die of AIDS to start but um kind of maintained like radicality mm-hmm. throughout they have like a whole self-mythology where they're kind of like white trash American selling like flowers beside the highway and then they had a partner who passed and they kind of were not a poet at any of this time they were like kind of very much an activist and poetry has come like after all of that and they still have all that energy and they're like a public figure who fills that kind of void in queer history. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. The thing about age is real interesting, like, yeah, who are your ancestors? We're kind of trying to look back and be like, who's around? Who's like representing really hard, like publishing? It's a real um, presence, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, I remember the other thing we talked about a lot was like their process of writing poems and how we were all really into it. CA does like these rituals for writing poems. Like for this book, for example, 
I know that one of the rituals they did was to gather all these recordings of like insects and bugs and stuff that have gone extinct in the US and then go into like Walmart car parks and lie down in the middle of them and like listen to the recordings and then after that start frantically writing things down and then there's like a big editing process but that's kind of where the poems come from and that was something that I don't know me personally I was really interested in like the ritual performance which is kind of like featured in lots of past work and is something that I'm really interested in yeah I just think it's really cool and it's a cool way of like getting to the written word as well yeah I think it's like ritual with um like a reverence as well like it's not Mm. it's like religious but not religious like uh I'm trying to think of funny ones um the bubbles bubbles is pretty funny is that when they like they lie down in the car park and they in a Walmart car park again maybe and they blow bubbles parents are coming over with their kids and they're like these are queer bubbles they're gonna make your kids queer and then the parents are like oh and they're like wait what (laughs) like what do you mean why are you sexualizing your child to be like straight or cis or whatever that's like also perverse and disgusting Mm -hmm. or the the one where they go to wall street and ask all the bankers the consistency of their cum from like milk to yogurt um and then the palms are all like their responses how does it go i don't know i I don't know which book it's in it's like it's pretty funny what about um, you guys, like, I'm thinking about your, your working processes. Maybe we can move to individuals, but, like, collectively, what did that look like for you, like, along the way? I know the parts that I was, like, part of, but then I guess there was a lot more exchange that you you had. We, I guess, for the show, we were always chatting to each other mm-hmm. and running everything by everyone for, like, I guess, like, seven months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a long time. Oh, yeah. And most of that, we were in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But without entertainment. Um, I know independently I'm like very, I guess, meticulous mm-hmm. detail sort of driven. When I was, I, like before painting I was quilting so it's always been about like zeroing in on the like, the micro. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of opposite to me. Because <laughs> I just like pick stuff up and I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> if I'm doing it wrong, you know, like I'm not. You're like super craft, but I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spending a lot of time doing it wrong. I love it. Yeah, I just think it's cool, like seeing the ways you guys have collaborated as like duos and trios, and or maybe not trios, but like duos in the past. It's just been so interesting this week working with you, and like throughout the process, I'm like, there's something in that like artists just having a very individuated practice is. Definitely not as fun, and like potentially there's a real particular type of collective productivity which very queer and very I can feel the kind of relationships in this room. It's rad. Can we just talk about the works, like materially, like the stuff they made from and how you made them, and touch on some of those things? I know it seems kind of boring, but it's actually still interesting. Um, and I don't really think that's distinct from the the narrative and all the other lives of the work. Yeah. Do you want to just talk about your process a bit? Like, yeah, sure. I always knew that I wanted these works to be big pieces of fabric. The idea in my head was like these big kind of liturgical banners, like church banners, and I wanted them to have that kind of presence. But the way that I made them was using kind of flatbed scans of my own face and body and stuff. And 
I guess something that I do a lot is like recycling old ideas of my own that have like cropped up in the past in my practice or whatever. And so I'd done like stuff similar to this way back when I was in art school. And I was like, oh, I should like bring that forward. I love like the flatness of it and the tactility of like the scanning process. And it's actually quite like, I feel like this word is a bit overused, but it's like meditative or something. It's just like you have to squish it against the glass and you kind of can't breathe. Otherwise you like fog the whole thing up. So Mm -hmm. it's like really hard to like not let light leak in and stuff. And so I was kind of like under like a dark fabric and (laughs) kind of like snatched my hair away and stuff. And I wanted them to be flat because I like the like icons and the way that icons are, they have just like one plane and I find it really satisfying. So basically everything was made digitally and I never saw these actualized until they were printed. They just existed as really large files on my hard drive and lots of, lots of photoshopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the icons and other imagery on there, are they drawn from, it's just like, life on the internet like what's the yeah kind of well I mean one of the initial things that I knew I wanted to do or what I was like kind of researching was the biblically accurate angel memes that were kind of circulating around so I wanted to replicate that and so like the way that those weird little cherub things of my face with wings look is taken directly from like an old engraving of the nine orders of angels um which order is it I can't remember. I think it's the cherubim, yeah, and they're just like faces with wings. They look quite scary. And then there are things like the alien and the robot and those other symbols are actually taken from bathroom signs because I just I find it really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, this idea of like having a gender-neutral bathroom or something, but people take it to this like, ha-ha-ha, aliens and robots and stuff. But I'm also like, there's something in it like about And the biblically accurate angel memes also have the same thing of like this connection to the divine or like more than human. Yeah, Yeah, which seems to recur, even if it's in this way of only being like a meme, but it's like a lot of people obviously, it's like in the collective queer conscious. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. And like a powerful narrative as well to like even have this idea of like accuracy is according to the Bible. There's like a lot of different literature that's been like affirmed for a long time to get to this idea of like accuracy of a story. Yeah, totally. And we have this idea of like the angelic that is like totally constructed in a very particular way. Mm. And I'm kind of playing into that, but also trying to like rupture it a little bit in the way that I can, hopefully. You are listening to Art Not Science, presented by the Physics Room Contemporary Art Space. Oh, and what about making your work, the process of materials? or I just use eggs. Mm-hmm. Could you expand on that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's made from egg yolk. You, like, get the egg and you separate it and then you, like, pop the yolk and then you mix it with pigments. And I put it on with really tiny brushes. I use slightly bigger ones for the big painting, though. And it's kind of really weird. It's, um, it dries like straight away, but it's really transparent. You're like glazing with oils, but you're 
working in like acrylics at the same time. It's that's why it's like all little tiny dots. So when you put on the next layer, can you see through to the last layer? Yeah, yeah. But then like some pigments are like more opaque, so you can like achieve more. But um, it takes like heaps and heaps to get like a color. Mm. If you wanted something blue, you'd have to like do blue again and again and again till it like pops. But it's fun. I like it. What about the frames? The frames uh, plays this like fancy restaurant in on K Road. They cut their ch- table up and they stole their legs. It's macrocarpa, which really stinks. And they just carved them into these cute bubbly shapes. Yes. And then I, I did other things. I like the shell and the um the frame in that one. I like put some nails in vinegar and then painted it on. So they'd look like driftwood. And then I had to bleach that one. You're getting all the facts. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, uh, I don't know. I, woodworking is fun. And it's kind of crack up as well because like, all the like modernist, like manly New Zealand painters all like made their own frames and stuff. Mm. And I like doing it and then making it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And silly and colorful. It's also cool, like, when I saw those carved ones, not so much that form, but the connections with people like Leo Bensman, who, like, lived down the road for a bit. It's really interesting to see that lineage of queer style or something like that. It sounds a pretty tacky thing to say, but I'm really interested when it's just, like, a style nods back to a different person. Yeah. Laura, how did you make your work? I welded it, mm-hmm. and then I heated it up, mm-hmm. and then I twisted it. <laughs> With a hammer and just with my hands as well, yeah. When it was hot? Yeah, so you get, like, for these, it's like a blowtorch. And then so, yeah, cut it in half. And then you just, like, heat it up a little bit with, like, a special thing on. And then wait till it's red hot. And then just, like, turn it a little bit. And then put it in water. So it goes, like, which is quite satisfying. Yeah, and then the flowers and the lights are embedded in resin which was just poured onto a little plastic oven tray. Thanks for saying it. It's just honestly very interesting to think about the process and connect that back to some of the ideas as well. Oh, and the flowers are cut on a laser cutter, so that's put into the computer and then you just lay down a piece of whatever, wood, plastic, metal, anything, and then it just cuts it out for you. Yeah. And is it important to you what you use? Are you like... Nah, it's not really important, yeah. So there's a free shelf at Massey where um, people put free things on it. Mm. Shout out to Nicole. Thank you, Nicole, gave me a piece of um, Perspex that they weren't using. Some of them are clear Perspex and then some of them are white. So, yeah, I'm kind of just keen to use whatever. Yeah, 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 I think it makes heaps of sense. Final thing I wanted to ask was, I guess we're talking a lot about histories and queer histories and histories that have been like, sublimated, repressed, not so visible. And one thing everyone probably thinks about a lot in Ototahi is this idea of like a land that was a swamp and then through many colonial processes has been dried effectively or drained. There's so many instances where you still encounter the presence of a swamp, like through fogs or tikoka trees or there's all these signs that it's like it is still a swamp. And I suppose um, I'm kind of interested in what you guys think about the relationship to place with your work here. So when you, like, come into the physics room, coming to Christchurch, yeah, when you think about the room, you're thinking also about it, like, leaking into other kinds of spaces. 
I know that there was like a conversation we had kind of literally like with the idea of it, you know, should there be flowers outside in the, in the daisy patch, which got mowed last night. You've mentioned this kind of idea of like Southern masculinity or a, a colonial inheritance here. Is that something you were thinking about? I reckon, yes. I'm interested in the idea of nature being false. So that kind of like whole history of being a swamp and then colonial processes shifting it. And then there's the botanical gardens, which is like this kind of colonial space where you go to like view nature, but it's all like very manicured and false. And so, yeah, I think my work is definitely in response to that kind of stuff. I guess even that word like feral is like a return of something to me or a, a loosening of a type of manicured structure. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking a lot about like religion, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> in particular Christianity, like Christchurch, you know, the Pakia name just kind of like conjures that immediately. And when I had been here previously, it was something that was it just feels like very present, you know, and everything's kind of like centered around a cathedral and like, and obviously like churches and religion have had like a very specific role in colonialism and lots of other kind of bad stuff. And thinking about, again, sort of like utilizing that, but also trying to like subvert it or maybe not subvert, but like, does it like reclaim some elements of it? Like Yeah, like reclaiming or trying to like find a space within it, but then from there explode it open a little bit. Yeah. I mean it's sort of in some ways I think like what an exhibition does, like it the works come and then they settle here and then in a way, like was certainly something I'll be thinking about a lot in the in the time to come as well, is like this works in the physics room and then you're like travelling around the city and even you know, in these last weeks or something like this, you yeah, have thought about the Botanic Gardens, about Ngamara Wotewera, which is the, the gardens down the road by the Naitahu building, which commemorates the abundant gardens out at Kaiapoi Pa. And then, you know, vacant lots seem different to me. It, like, triggers all these new kind of relationships with the city that, you know, I live in. But, yeah, I guess I just wanted to finish with it because it's, like, I feel very much like this work is in the room, but it's also, like, seeking to make connections outside the room too. So... That's an ongoing thing, but I don't want it to feel contained inside of this place. Thank you guys so much. I know artist talks are hard. I love to hear from you. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and thanks for all your work. It's really, really, really been a very amazing process along the way. And um, it's only just begun. Please join with me in applauding the artists. That was Owen Connors, Laura Duffy and Alia Winter talking about their work in For the Feral Splendour. Come and see the work for yourself before the exhibition closes on Sunday the 6th of March. Our gallery space is located in the Market Square at the Art Centre, 301 Montreal Street, and we are open 11am to 5pm Tuesday to Friday and 11am to 4pm on the weekend. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next month on Friday, 18 March, at 8pm, for our next episode of Art Not Science. Matewa. The Physics Room is generously supported by Creative New Zealand, the Christchurch City Council, the Rata Foundation, Three Boys Brewery, Scientech, 
resin paints in the crater rim.